John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. Our good God has made it possible for us to meet today to share his word. Thank you for joining me. This is Pastor Fred Daly. We continue our studies in the book of the prophets. Today and next week, God willing, we shall be looking at the prophet Amos. What do you know about Amos? Yes, that's a famous prophet who is quoted often. Let justice roll like a never-ending stream. He's the one who is quoted as saying, do two walk together unless there's an agreement? Amos 3, 7. He also said, God doesn't do anything that he has not revealed first to his servants, the prophets. That is the prophet Amos of the 8th century BC. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you and we honor you because we have yet another opportunity as your servants to hear your word. I pray that you speak to me, you speak to your people, and as we hear your word, maybe word that will touch us to hear you and be hewers of the word in this world, to shine as spiritual children in the midst of the darkness that faces us. Oh, thank you, Father. Son and Holy Spirit, that we are alive because you keep us alive to do your desires. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The prophet Amos is known for being the prophet who rebuked injustice wherever it is found, even among God's chosen people. He was a prophet whose oracles talked about judgment and disaster. But these who end after the promise, the promise that God will keep them if they remain faithful to him. But also after the judgment, God will restore Israel and Amos calls on God's people to repent of their sin and return to him and to others. Amos is a very interesting prophet. What he talked about was revealed to him by God. He was not a professional prophet. That is, he did not come from a prophetic background. He was a shepherd and likely the owner of a flock. And he attended to Ficamore figs. So he was a farmer, somebody who was in a rural area. And the book of Amos tells us clearly that when he was prophesying, there was a man in the palace who was known as official prophet, Amaziah. And Messiah told him to pack off and go back to his job. Now, who is he after all? Who has sent him? Nobody should listen to him. Amos said, We, I was not a prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. But God sent me to warn you people, to warn the land, including myself, that judgment is coming. And that judgment would affect everyone. The book of Amos has a theme. Amos focuses on God's concern for justice. You see, 
God knows everything. God sees everything. So nobody should think that any session of a community, any country is God's special people. Yes, he may have chosen Israel. Or we may say in Ghana, we are God's special people. When we say Ghana, means Ghana, Ghana has a new, God has a new agenda. But Amos is saying something. Contrary to what you may think, what you might expect, when God has chosen you, he will not protect you from disaster when your relationship with God is not right. God sets a higher standard for his people. And when they persist in injustice, they will suffer like any other nation. Then, those who were religious in that nation, and those who are religious even up to now, it must have a lesson for us. It is this. God criticizes people for improper worship. Their religious worships are worthless. If we do not seek justice, the Amos we know says that, look, there are people who have been blessed by God, who are in a privileged position. And instead of using that position to bless others, have used their position to cheat, to lie, to dominate people, and to just crush people and step on them. They use their connections, their classmatism, their money, their riches, their being employed, their being strong and healthy to cheat others. And he says, look, God is a God of justice. Regardless of our place in the world, all of us enjoy some degree of privilege over others. And we need God to help us recognize how our attitudes and behaviors might be unfair, unjust, and even oppressive. So if you are not committed to God and want to see from his word and from his lens, we'll go on and on and on and do the wrong thing and go to the ritual called worship, singing and offering and giving big tithes and offering and doing projects in the name of God. But God is not impressed by this. So that is Amos. So God will lift up his people and give them a beautiful and fruitful future. But that will only be after they have repented and learned to do the right thing. So much for the background of Amos. And we'll look at him this week and next week by looking at what God wants him to do, what God desires that we should do. So we see first a warning of Amos. The warning that Amos gave to his people, that God gave to him to give to his people. Amos chapter 5, from verse 18 to 20. Amos 5, 18, 19, and 20. 18. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. For what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness. It will not be light. It will be thought of as a man fled from a lion and a bear met him, or as though he went into the house, leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, 
and not light. It is not very dark. There's no brightness in it. That is the word of God. What is Amos saying here? Basically, he's saying that God has cleansed the world, the world in which the prophet lived, the nations around him, and he has seen the wickedness of people. He said, look, there is certainty that God is going to judge. You see, God sent the prophet to warn the people, warn the people, warn the people that I am coming to judge you. I am coming. So woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. You see, as we sit here in our country, as we are praying, as we are going through suffering, people are crying, oh God, save us. Lord, save us. Father, save us. Let Christ come. Let us go to heaven. But the Lord is saying, look, as you are praying that prayer, I'm listening to you. But are you righteous? Are you doing what I've called you to do? Are you asking for the day of judgment? Remember, on that day of judgment, I have no favorites. I have no favorites. So do what I've called you to do. God's judgment is coming. But God's judgment is there for Christians as well as unbelievers. So when it comes, are you ready? In the book of Corinthians, we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, that that day when it comes, God will judge. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to whether it is good or bad. So a Christian would appear and be judged whether it is good or bad. So as you are crying for the day of the Lord, Lord, come, Lord, come, ask yourself, am I right? Am I wrong? Am I living right? Am I pleasing to God in the things that I do, in my thought, in my attitude, in my actions, and repent? Because when judgment comes, God has no favorites. If you are listening to me and you are not sure, you are a Christian. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So in Hebrew, we find that when we die, it is not the end of it. It is not that you just pack off this world and you are gone. There is judgment. So when the day of the Lord comes, it's appointed for you to die after that judgment. So whether we are alive as Christians, there will be judgment. Maybe not for punishment or condemnation, but for Awards or rewards, but there'll be judgment. And if you are not a believer in the Lord, there'll be judgment. Judgment unto condemnation. What is it like? So he says, don't just be crying. When is the day of the Lord coming? When is this world going to end? When will all these troubles cease? They will cease when the Lord comes in our day. But when he comes, there'll be judgment. There'll be sorrow in that judgment. Those who are sowing, they will reap what they are sowing. You see, whatever we reap, we will sow. There are only two options in this world. Death, everlasting death separated from the Lord, or life, life eternally lived in the Lord's presence. Look at the choices that we are faced in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Which one are you working for? Amos preached against the evil and sin of his day. This kind of preaching is not popular. You may have been tempted to switch off the radio already. Oh, 
Why is he not talking about prosperity? Why is he not talking about South healing? Why is he not talking about how I can get a passport and visa, how I can get a breakthrough? I'm telling you, all those things are important. But if you are not following the right one, then the word of God is clear. What shall it profit a man, a woman, to gain the whole world and lose their soul? So he said, there's a surety of judgment, but there'll be sorrow in the judgment. If you are not doing what God wants you to do, if you are not being truthful, if you are not following his commandments, if you have not received him as your Lord and Savior, he must tell his people, yes, he may come, but you would be in trouble. Why he said that? He was saying that to people who were very religious. You see, because of their sacrifices. Because of their sacrifices, they were not sensitive to what they were doing. In Amos chapter 5, verses 21 to 27, we see some of the sacrifices that people were making, and yet God was not happy with them. We are basically Africans, religious people. As one writer said, the African is incurably religious. The Ghanaian is incurably religious. So we may say 71% of us are Christians, or 15% are Muslims, and even the traditional believers, they are there. All of these religious people, they all have certain values. We all say we are to do good. We know God. We honor him. We must tell the truth. So are we living by our own standards? And that's the question. So he says, look, you make a lot of sacrifices. Look at some other thing. I hate, I despise your feast days. I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Every religion I know, they have a feast where they order things and they serve their gods and they make merry or worship God. But how can the Lord say your practices, I hate them. I hate your feast days and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. So you go to church because it's, it's not pleasing to me. You have a feast, whether it is Easter or Christmas or whatever it is, it, it is. God says, I don't care about it. Why? Because the house of God in Israel was allowed to sin and sin entered and was destroying the good things. So let's go to our churches today. Is our worship pleasing to God? Are we doing the right thing? Are you in the right heart going there? Or you are going there to steal, to cheat, to be a womanizer, to be telling lies, or what? Then he said, some of them, you made sacrifices. Verse 22, the kind of thing that they did that God said he didn't like. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. These were offerings that God had asked the people to offer. Grain offerings, burnt offerings, fattened peace offerings. But these are just types of them. So like we say, this is offering for the poor. This is offering for the needy. This is my tithe. This is my offering. This is free will offering. I'm giving this to charity. God said, you go and worship me. And when you go there, you offer sacrifices. 
But these sacrifices, I don't regard them as anything. You see, what does God require? He requires you to be a living sacrifice. According to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So like God is looking at you. You may have been an armed robber or going to receive a bribe or something you call a breakthrough, and you know you, how you got it. Now you are coming to give it to God as my wave offering, as my type offering, as my, uh, as my breakthrough offering. God said, <laughs> I have seen it. I have seen it. It is not pleasing to me. So watch it. Don't just be somebody who goes to worship and give, give those offerings. The pastors, we may receive them. The prophets may receive them. We may receive them into the building. But is it pleasing to God? That's how Israel deceived themselves. Look at verse 23. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. <laughs> Here God is talking about the kind of music that they make. Friends, at the risk of being misunderstood, there are some people today, when they are singing the words, the movements that they are making, their body contour, the way they expose their body parts. You even wonder whether these people are actually honoring God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Have we seen how people in a palace or in a dignified assembly sing and dance? Have you seen them? But have you seen sometimes in the name of God, in the name of modern worship, in the name of contemporary worship, in the name of what? Being modern. People expose themselves. They dress in a way that will make you squeeze your face. God is a God of decency. God is a God of order. God is a God of decorum. You see, have you read the Bible and you seen the worship in heaven? How the angels cover their faces. Six rings, two Two, two. They cover their faces. They cover their heels. They take two to fly. You hear music. You hear and imagine decorum. You sing and they sing melodies. God says, take away from me the noise of your songs. Ask yourself what you are singing. Is it noise? Is it really noise? Don't, 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 don't react. Just ask. Is it noise? Is it from your heart? Is he expressing something that comes deep from within your soul, that is ministering to God. Can you sing that before your king? Can you sing that before your governor? Can you sing that before your president? And then they'll be edified. So take away from me the noise of your song, for I will not hear the melody of your string instruments. The noise that you make with the guitar, with all the instruments, the electronics, you make it so loud, so deafening. Are they honoring to God? Then it. look at the plight. Let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. This is what I want. There's so much injustice that what I want is that justice, justice must roll down. God warned them that if they refuse righteousness, he will send them his judgment. 
The law has not changed his attitude. He has not changed his standards towards evil up to today. You see, people appear to worship the Lord, but their hearts were away worshiping false God. So because of all this, even because of your worship, I'll send punishment to you. God, Amos 5, verse 27. Therefore, I will send you into captivity beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Hmm. So because of what you are doing, even the hypocrisy in your worship, even the double standard of your worship, I will, I will send you into captivity. Warning the people, your worship is not acceptable. Your sacrifices are not acceptable to me because you are doing the wrong things. You cannot do the wrong thing and come and praise me. You cannot cheat people and come to me and think that I will accept it. You see, you know why? Because God made everybody in his image, the poor, the rich, the tall, the short, the Chinese, the Indian, the Akan, the Ewe, the Nordner, the Southner. He made all of us, the one who is a big man and the one who is a small man. So when you have a position and you are trying to do whatever you can to suppress others, to cheat them, so that you will be the only one who is right and the rest are wrong. You'll be the one who is rich and the rest are poor. They must kneel before you. When you are trying to take your smartness to deal others, God sees and says, punishment is coming to you. But God also has a picture here of those who are careless and those who are lazy. A warning to Zion and Samaria. Woe to you who are at ease in Zion and trust in Mount Samaria, notable persons in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes. Go over to Kalne and see, and from there go to Hanath the Great. Go down to Gath, the Gath of the Philistines, and see what I've done here. What is God saying here? Here is a picture of self-sufficiency. Israel felt that they don't need God's help. The people were resting upon past victories. You see, their leaders had worked so hard they had secured borders and independence for them. They had conquered nations and they had everything. So he said, look, woe to you who are at ease in Zion and trust in Mount Samaria. I have blessed you. It's like this nation, we have gold, diamond, riches. When you watch most of our African countries where they have major, major problems, it is because they have resources. They have resources that the rich have stolen, that foreigners have stolen, that they have misused, and that is why they're in trouble. But God is saying those who are enjoying all those things at the expense of the people, watch it. You hear stories from Gabon or from Congo or from Zaire or from Ghana or from Uganda or from all of these countries and hear about the millions and millions of how their leaders have plundered these nations. God says, I'm looking at you. I'm looking. Yet Israel did not realize how serious God's words were. And they just didn't seem to care. Prophet after prophet warned them, they didn't seem to care. Say, woe to you who put far away the day of doom, 
who caused the seat of violence to come near, who lie in beds of ivory, stretched out in your couches, eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the store. You see, when people are suffering, they are still having the best for themselves. They ask for haircut, they never cut their hair. They ask for sacrifice, they don't sacrifice anything. They say, don't do this, they do the other thing. They can go anywhere in this world and get the best of things. They are in Dubai or they are in Japan or they are in China or in India. Wherever things must work for them, it works for them, but not for the ordinary person. Instead of making things that are good, making the roads that take care of the people, so they find it easy to go and do their wala to walasa, they won't. The railways that make it possible, they will not. The river transport, they will not. Why? Because they ride in these mega heavy-duty vehicles, they don't feel anything. So they don't realize that people are suffering. It has been like that from of old. We're told that in the French Revolution, there was this queen when people were suffering, and they asked, why were they suffering? And they said, oh, there's no bread. So, ah, why are the people suffering that there's no bread? If there's no bread, then they must eat cake. Why? She was lost, completely lost. So rich that they didn't know that when people are asking for bread, they're just asking for ordinary things. They're asking for money to buy kinky. They, they can't buy kinky. They cannot even buy bread. They cannot buy fish. The price of Kita school boys has gone up. One month, thousand has gone up. Things are terrible. And they can't make it. And the leaders do not see. God says, this is bad. You see, if there were general hunger and famine, we all understand and cry to the Lord. But it is, if it is because of their use and abuse of resources, of the stealing, of the racketeering, of the mismanagement, God says, you will not get it. I will punish you. Say verses 5 and 6 of chapter 6. Who sing idly to the sound of string instrument and invent for yourself musical instruments like David? Who drink wine from bowls and anoint yourselves with the best ointments but are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph? You will see <laughs> that there are people. They were more concerned with the pleasures that they have than the will of God. People are more concerned about their end of service benefits, about their per diem, about their sitting allowances than ordinary people and what they can earn to just end their daily bread. God says, I know all of these things and God is warning them. You see, before the rain comes, before the thunder comes, before the lightning comes, God sends the dark clouds. God sends the wind. And God is warning nations and is still warning about the day of judgment. That is Amos, how he warned the people. The last verse we'll look at today, verse 7, verse 7 and verse 8. Amos 6, 7. Therefore, they shall now go captive as a first of captives. And those who recline at the banquet shall be removed. The Lord God has sworn by himself, the Lord God of hosts says, I abhor the pride of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore, I will deliver up the city and all that is in it. 
Nobody is safe from God when God is angry. Have you seen the recent earthquakes, thunders, thunderstorms, the wind, the rain, how they've destroyed people? If I were you, if I'm living right, I'll continue to live right for God. But if I'm not, I'll turn and say, Lord, have mercy on me. The warning of God is always here for us to listen to. The judgment become any day. And therefore, take note. May God empower us with his words richly that will live our lives in accordance with his will and his word. In Jesus' name, amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyo Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.